0: All right. Hello. Uh it's Monday Night Live with uh the ONG strike zone, Brian Fulford, Kelvin Rosier. It's the Alabama AM reaction show after Florida AM uh gets the victory over Alabama AM 42 to 28. Kelvin, welcome back. Uh <coughs> excuse me, you had a you had a good trip to Huntsville, I hear.
1: I had a great trip, man. The weather was nice. You know, I got a chance to go by the uh, Southern Region uh, Alumni Tailgate. Uh, saw a lot of familiar faces. You know, the Atlanta crew, some Tallahassee crew, some Florida based crew, and um, they were had. They had a, uh, I guess, uh, some band. I guess it was band and uh like a, a high school student day or something they had a bunch of students there and um so they you know they had a decent crowd there you know it's a really nice facility a nice tailgate area so that you know the, the vibe and everything was great you know the hundred came right at the end of the first quarter and um i thought they did i did it i thought they did a really good show though and uh and you know i'm not a band here but by all accounts, they blew you know they blew them out of the water in the fifth quarter too. So, um okay. man, it it was great, man. I I I loved it. Took a lot of pictures, shook, shook a lot of hands, man.
0: Yeah, um, good to good to know. Yeah, you said unfortunately I I screwed the pooch. I didn't have <laughs> the photos that you
1: did we a got great Wednesday. job.
0: Yeah, thank you. I I will make a point of downloading them and share them on Wednesday show. Today's a little bit of a bonus show because we didn't get a chance to do a post-game show after the game. Uh, so we appreciate everybody coming in. And those of you who are joining us tonight, uh, obviously, it's not our normal scheduled time. we we normally on Wednesday evenings. But, you know, uh, Marcus uh, did a great job. Marcus and, and Keith uh, Hadley of Things Up Podcast. Did a great job with the watch party. Appreciate those who came in and joined us with that experience. We'll talk about while you had a crystal clear view of the game,
1: we'll, also, we'll,
0: we'll, get into talking about what the experience was like for those of us who, uh, who didn't have that good 40, 40 vision from where you were, you know, we'll, we'll talk about that here coming up, but, uh, uh, so Marcus obviously uh, is taking care of some business, and so he couldn't be with us tonight. And so it just uh, you and me kind of catching up a little bit on, on some things related to this team and uh, this game. Uh, Rattlers improved to 8-1 and on the year, 7-0 and in conference play. Two games, well, let's just say one game away, one conference game away from a perfect uh, – season, uh, third year in a row that the Rattlers have won seven games in the SWAC. obviously. Um, I, I don't know, you know, I, I don't want to call it unprecedented, but it is very rare, might be unprecedented, for a team to come into a conference and do what FAMU has done. Uh, and, and this is coming out of covid so let that sink in. We 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 switched conferences. And of course, when we left the MiAC, uh we were uh was that the 9-win season? Yeah, it was the 9-win yes. season. 9-win season leaving the MiAC, getting ready to go into a COVID year or what well what turned out to be the COVID year. Um and then we jump conferences and start brand new, you know, with you know, a new, just everything new, and so what? Everything, everything that has transpired over the past couple years, and leading up to what we have now, which is now Florida A and M will be hosting the SWAC Championship game. Um, we've been very fortunate with the number of seniors, the 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 great recruiting that has been done, the just just outstanding when you think about what has been built. To this point, have you have you taken a second, Kelvin, to kind of? I know it's early because we still got so much good football left to play over the next month that we're hoping that we're playing. But if you stop for a second and just kind of just, just take it all in, what what's your thoughts on what we have seen and what we've accomplished, or what Coach Willie Simmons, his staff, this program has accomplished over the past uh, 24, 36 months?
1: I mean, it's, it's it's impressive to come to a new conference. We haven't lost a home game to anybody, so that includes conference games. We haven't lost a true road game to anybody in the conference. Mm-hmm. You know, both our losses to the same team, and it was during uh, the neutral first site. game of the season yep. at, at, at a neutral site classic. So, I mean – that is it that is that is sustained excellence right we're not a flash in the pan and and along with that success there's been an investment uh into the program because of that success right we we've we've got you know the uniforms we have we've got the the support staff in terms of compliance you know there's been uh facility investments so all of it goes hand in hand do more and more but but ultimately coach has uh been a catalyst we got guys in the pros we got coaches in the pros yeah um i mean just by any measure man it's 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 a success and it's to be applauded
0: yes indeed yes it is uh quick check in to those of you who have already checked in um Appreciate Bull Bull. Appreciate you jumping in early. We're gonna talk about that uh ESPN broadcast, definitely. Um <laughs> on the flip phone. Yeah. Yeah, there's some interesting uh decisions made in that situation. Um Coach Farazi checking in. Appreciate you coming in. Uh Tony coming in. We appreciate you coming uh-huh. in on a Monday night. Uh Miss Joanne checking in all the way from California. What's thanks.
1: up, Miss Joanne?
0: Good to see you, Miss Joanne. Thanks for checking in with us. Uh,
1: senior yeah, Day so, coming.
0: Uh, exactly. I know you'll be in Tallahassee probably this upcoming, this upcoming uh, weekend, senior day. Uh coach checking in. Good recruiting, definitely making the difference. Uh no. Coach RMG1. Uh thanks for checking in. Appreciate you coming in. Uh, Chuck Hunt checking in from Monroe, Louisiana, after a long day at work. Well, hey, Chuck, we we appreciate you coming in, man. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, let's see. I know Tony's got a question. I'm going to start that question and come back to it here. Uh, Meredith. Hello, Meredith. Good to see you.
1: Hey, Meredith.
0: Mr. Campbell checking in. Steve. are we? What's yes, up, well, Mr. Campbell? Good to see you. Uh, Melissa Wilson checking no, in.
1: Good evening.
0: Good evening to you. Uh Demetra checking in.
1: Hey Demetra.
0: Appreciate you. Tamra T find her way T. in. Good to see you. Checking no, okay, in in as well. represent
1: <laughs> uh Represent.
0: So we appreciate everybody coming in early. Um, all right, let's get into talking a little bit about this game. Uh also one more Janice Watley. We- Janice Watley coming in from ATL. Appreciate you coming in. Uh, You guys make sure to come in, hit that thumbs up button, hit the like button wherever you're watching us. Go ahead and share the show with your people. Uh, This is just an hour show today. All all about this football game and reaction. Uh, We may not get into too many other FAMU athletics news. There's a few nuggets that we may kind of sneak in, but we're here for a good time, not a long time. So, uh, you know, come in. Uh, and let's kind of go through this game for a little bit here in this first opening segment. 42 to 28, final score. Uh, the first thing, Kelvin, that I saw the line. You know, I always like to look at these kind of things, the pro- point spread. Now, uh, when I looked at the computer metrics, that uh, data site that I like to go to, it had Famu favored to win by 10 points. So I was like, oh, you know, I, I like, I liked 10. And then I saw the line come out and it said 13 and a half. I'm not gonna lie, I got nervous. I was like, ooh. 13 and a half. You know, this is Alabama AM. I'm thinking about what we previously done and the, the close games. I don't I don't think the last two years, I don't think we've beaten them by more than 10 points. If we did, it was barely over 10 points last year. Um, and so I, I'm looking at 13 and a half. I'm thinking, oh, it's kind of it's kind of tight. And uh, but but what do I know? We jump out on them early. <laughs> 17 and nothing. Literally in the first half of the game, uh, Marcus Riley, 49-yard touchdown pass from Jeremy Musa, um, And then, hold on, let me go to the drive chart because I, I want to make sure I get it right because I know, uh, let's see. Yeah, we scored first. At Alabama A&M uh, went out on downs. Nope, hold on. Nope, let me see. Yeah, Alabama AM forced out on downs. Um, Then we come back, get the ball uh, with a – come back, get a field goal out of this. And where was the block punt at? Yeah, 32 points. Then it was the next – yeah, it was the next possession in which we get the block punt, and uh, Lovey Jenkins returns it uh, 24 yards, and we're up 17-0 with 7.48 to play. Also of significant note, in that opening half of the quarter, is we knocked out the starting quarterback, we we knocked out uh, Kendall Langford, uh, who had uh, uh, Xavier Langford, excuse me, who was the starting quarterback, knocked him out very early in the contest, and then they make the switch to Quincy Casey, an entirely different quarterback. And I think once Casey got his feet settled underneath him, Kelvin, the game changed a little bit. But talk about first, you're in the building. Talk about those first opening uh six minutes or so six seven minutes where we jump out 17-0
1: well it was dominating i mean our first drive you know ended with that 49-yard bomb to uh marcus riley where he got behind the, the secondary and then um we pretty much stalled them out and and they're they're punting from this in their own territory and we get to the punt now that one we didn't return but because of that, you know, the defensive play, we was in great field position. And um, with with nine minutes and 53 seconds left, we didn't punch it in, but we, we got the field goal. We were up 10-0. I think it was a three and out, or close to a three out right following that. And it they punched. tried to punt, and we got it right again. And this yep. time, we returned it for a touchdown. So set, with seven minutes and 48 seconds left in the first quarter, it's 17-0. I hadn't even made it to the press box at that point. I'm still in the i'm i'm leaving the field, still in the stands, talking and taking pictures. So by the time I get up to the press box, I'm just gonna say I, I don't want to uh, put nobody out there. So I'm just saying, folks, when I came to the press box, people were proclaiming the game is over. Oh man! And I was like, well, you know, it's a fast start, but this but this is football. Things Love happen, and sure yeah. enough, things started yeah. to happen. But it was an excellent start, couldn't ask for a faster start. And, and frankly, I was surprised how quickly the game changed. Because it, it by the did. end of the first, we're we, we up 17 0, and by the end of the first quarter, it's 17 14.
0: Yeah, um, on that next, after that score by Lovey Jenkins, Alabama AM, uh, and I said, you know, Casey kind of got his feet underneath him. 11 plays 75 yard drive by AM. um in 2 minutes and 46 seconds that's another thing that kind of uh quick. caught me by surprise it was a quick long possession but quick uh 9 yard pass uh Casey to uh Lavar Gums uh 17 to 7 um and I think then, they might have
1: had a couple of penalties that helped them too
0: Well and, that, and it's funny you mention that because looking at the team box score Look, one of the things that we'll we definitely, you look at and say, man, we, we've got to find a way to clean that up is the number of penalties. Yeah. We committed overall in the ballgame, 12 penalties, 106 yards. But what I also went and looked at, and sometimes you guys got to go do this when you look at the box score, right? Or, or look at the team stats. 12 penalties, right? Now, if you if you ever go take a look at first downs, there's a category called first downs by rushing, first downs by passing, first down by penalty. Alabama AM got seven first downs off of penalties. So what that means is of those 12 penalties, over half of them, seven
1: Kemp gave drives them first alive.
0: downs. Yeah. Kemp drives alive or extended drives. So, I mean, it, and, and on the flip side, what? They only committed uh six penalties and only gave us two. So you know that that's one of those little stats that I you know that that's important. We talk about the penalties, but why those penalties matter? The first down penalties. We gave them seven first downs yeah. out of that. I, you know, and and uh, in in total, you know, they had twenty three to our seventeen. But again, that, that's seven. That's you know, practically half of them were right there on the on uh, those on those. uh, uh, on those, uh penalties that we committed. So um, you know, coming back out of that drive by AM, then we have an interception in two plays. Two plays. We throw an interception. Um and Alabama AM is starting near midfield in plus territory on the FAMU 43 side of the ball. And they quickly score. You know, they didn't waste any time. One play, 43 yards, Casey hits uh, Jacoby Hewitt and now it's 17-14 and so all of a sudden it's flipping it's like okay and this is still and, the first and, quarter and,
1: and let me just say that particular play was very disappointing because essentially there was really only one receiver in the area you had a cornerback and a safety over there now they did what well, they did run another receiver down the scene but Essentially, it was just a regular – it was just like a goal route and the uh, safety as well as the DB on that side allowed the guy to just run right past him. It wasn't nothing tricky. And um, and so it was unfortunate that, you know, you gave it that big play right off the bat knowing they're on the plus side of the field. Most teams, that's what they do. And honestly, that's all that uh, Alabama have tried to do. They They just went for the big plays you know yeah. they 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 weren't necessarily successful uh driving the ball per se without the aid of penalties now our penalties as you pointed out helped them drive the ball some but most of uh, most of their their success was a uh, big place yeah um
0: so at at this point we're still in the first quarter um you know after AM just scored and fam goes three and out punting, only go four yards, three, three and out. Uh we hold them to three plays, no yards, punt. Uh we get the ball back at our own 37, only go eight yards, uh, five plays. We punt again. And so here we are now going into the second quarter, and that's how the first quarter ended. Uh second quarter, second quarter, their opening drive by Alabama AM. Uh, here's another long possession starting from their own 20 they penalties. go twelve, yeah 12 plays 80 yards how many penalties would you say were in that drive
1: i believe that was the drive where they were getting ready to punt uh, and yes. they shifted yeah and they did it back to back they needed 10 yards and we jumped yeah. offside twice on fourth down to give uh-huh. them the first down now I've gotta to talk to some, some other guys who, who know the rulebook rule book a little bit more, more than I do. But I, I thought that even if you didn't set that the whole line couldn't move at the same time and shift. And that's exactly what Alabama and them did twice, and we jumped offside. So I thought it was a legal shift personally, but you know they they they, they didn't call it. So I, I remember those two plays that stood out that Cause they were getting ready to punt, so I know there was at least three penalties on that drive that helped keep that drive going.
0: Yeah, they uh, capped off that eighty play drive with an eight yard touchdown run, and then they take the lead. The first time that uh, you know they caught us with our pants down, twenty one straight unanswered points, and Alabama A and twenty one seventeen. What's the vibe in the stadium at that point in the ball game?
1: Well, I mean, fam, you everybody understood everybody know that we're we're a second half team we're a third quarter team particularly and Alabama man doesn't play spectacular defense so you know it was no it, honestly it was no panic even even from their own fans and and, and supporters they they was just like well at least at least uh, we put up a fight <laughs> it was no bragging uh oh we finna get you yeah
0: Uh, The one thing that I that I like about this team is just just like in the Southern game, when you punch us and every now and then, even the best of boxers get punched and might even get knocked down. But it's how you respond immediately after. And I think just like in a Southern game, uh, we responded really well to that punch down 21. We come right back uh, for starting on our own thirty three. Uh, go four plays, 67 yards with a touchdown, uh, Kelvin Dean with, uh, I believe it was a 24. No, I'm sorry. It was a four yard touchdown run, but it was the end of a four play 67 yard drive. Uh, the fact that we got down there in, in just four plays and we take the lead 24, 21. That's how we eventually would go into halftime and, um, coming out of the half, Uh, We would punch a a field goal, a Cameron Gillis field goal in the third quarter with 11.01 to play after an eight-play, 52-yard drive. Uh, Then later on towards the end of the third quarter, a 13-play drive, just 42 yards, but it took up seven minutes and 13 seconds. And I thought that was really important that that drive, for for only having to go 42 yards, that it took up seven minutes of time. That was impressive. Juiced the clock. We grabbed the lead with a as Yant touchdown, 35-21. And at that point, you gotta feel like, okay, whew, you can kind of you can feel like, okay, we we got this under control now. Um, Kareem Burke scored a touchdown at the top of the fourth quarter, uh, on a two-play 38-yard drive, and we're up 42 21. Uh, Alabama AM did get another score on the ensuing possession. Uh to to cut it 42 to 28 and at that point uh, again if you had famu minus 13 and a half you were nervous Uh, i stayed away from it because i i just i couldn't do it i i you know i i just i I didn't want to have i I was too nervous so anyway final score uh 42 to
1: 28 uh hey they were driving the ball again too i think uh somewhere with about 6 minutes left in the game. They actually got down to the inside of 10. 11.
0: Yeah, they got to the 11 yeah. yard line in the fourth quarter yeah. and we and that was on a 10 play 55 yard yeah. drive. And we forced them we forced them out. Uh and, and that was that was uh that was pretty much their last real strong drive. I mean, they had another drive after we punted again uh but, but it really didn't go anywhere they went four and out but but that drive, right. like you said, that drive could have meant something, but we forced them out on D, you know on downs with five forty eight to play left in the ball game and right. that that pretty much you could say was the ball game nailing the coffin at that point in time uh, yeah so uh so
1: so so some overall quick thoughts, Brian yes, this is game. Nine. Yes. We are who we are. Yes. Some teams dominate. And some teams, and some teams, you know, you have to get their attention. You Mm don't heard Coach Uh Simmons talk about this. This particular team, when they get up big, for whatever reason, they lose focus. Now, this is not a team you want to talk trash to, though. A punch in the mouth. Because no. you know they wake up very quickly and respond. They they, they do respond. I, I wish they were more dominant and consistent throughout a game, but this is who the makeup of this team, and, and they keep winning and they, they and they win by double digits. So you know, you just have to understand that's the fabric of this team, and um we just keep rooting and enjoying these W's.
0: Yeah, it's the of the eight wins, it's the seventh game that we have won in double digits or more, as you pointed out. Uh, of course, the Southern game was the only win where we didn't win by 10 or more. It's the second consecutive game that we busted over 40 points, which, I mean, jokingly or sadly, however you want to look at it, we talked about a 31 point cap. <laughs> well, then. We busted we busted through that ceiling now on consecutive Saturdays against SWAC opponents, right? Prairie View AM at home last week, Alabama A M, you know, and then we look at what's upcoming this Saturday and you're thinking, hell, may, maybe we might hit the fifty mark. You know, we, we just might. But anyway, I, I I just like the fact that we're we're at that point of scoring over forty. Um, you know, Alabama A and M is one of the top Swag offenses. So uh, they were
1: doing you know, a one. Yeah, don't, don't
0: be yeah, so don't look at 28 points and kind of say, ah, oh, man, we shouldn't have gave up 28 points." Hey, uh, you know,
1: they averaged uh,
0: 31.8. Yeah, they they almost hit their average. And so uh it's a good it's a good thing that we have the kind of offense that we do and we have the defense that, you know, just like against Southern. Well, uh, when we played against Southern, Southern was also rated as a high High-rated offense coming in uh, to to that game that we played them. So, you know, we uh, against the better against teams that we should dominate, we we do dominate. And and I agree with everything you just said to that point. And, and you know what I'm thinking about at this point, Kelvin, and I and you guys in the chat, you guys think about this too as we watch other teams, right? And I and that's where we're going to be now over the last two three weeks of the season. We're going to be watching other people. Like, I, I, I go back and I watch that Alcorn game, and, and we're watching the team. I, I'm starting to wonder and listen to how their fans view their team. Because I think sometimes we have such a strong desire for this team to be uh, uh, more efficient.
1: Yeah, yeah, more,
0: yeah, more, more and I, I said it on the offensive side of the ball. Because yeah. I don't think we doubt anything on the defense. I think on the offensive side we all want more. We want more rushing. We want a higher completion percentage.
1: Um we, we want to catch the passes that hit us in the hand. Yes, we, we want yeah. less drop. We passes. still, have, we, still have, we still have drops.
0: Look, I don't know who in the in the world, you know, uh I know there's certain sites uh that that record these kind of things on the FBS level. But whoever whoever is gonna be ingenious enough to start recording uh drop passes and 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 just the pro football focus type extra stuff uh is gonna make a mint in the FCS level because I don't I haven't found the stats and I we have to go back and watch some games, but another game, another week where I've heard Coach Simmons talk about drop passes. And so, you know, we we look at our you go and look at uh, the quarterback statistics, you know, for the game and you look at the box score and, you know, I look at, let me see, Musa was 14 of 27, 245 yards passing a touchdown to INT. He was sacked three times. So that's 13 incomplete passes. How many of those are what drops due to drops? I mean, maybe what, half of those?
1: No, I don't think it was that many. He okay. did he he did miss some, but it, it would probably these three we got our hands on that we should have brought in, though. And,
0: and I think also you think about the ones that would have been continuations of drives, or even maybe scores. Those are the ones. So that's what I'm talking about. Like when you, if you ever had an opportunity to go back and watch a game and count the 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 drive, it's hard with a broadcast. Uh, uh, even a even a broadcast where the picture is clear, uh, it, it's hard to sometimes see that <laughs> because <laughs> the, the camera angles don't stay on a play for so long. You know, after they see something, they jump, they jump to another to another angle quickly. You know that that's just the nature of uh, broadcast television. Um, let me mention some of these statistics here. Uh, Terrell Jennings uh, led the rushing, the running backs. He had eight attempts, net 40 yards. Uh, Kelvin Dean had seven attempts, net 28 yards, and a touchdown. Kareem Burke, one carry, 26-yard touchdown. Jaquez Yant, nine carries, net 24 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, and then you kind of had uh, Jermari Shereed with a negative run. Musa minus 10. That's all on the sacks, probably. Uh, things of that nature. Leading the receivers, Jeremy Pruitt. Uh, Excuse me, Jeremiah Pruitt leading the receivers, two receptions, 82 yards. Marcus Riley, three catches, 71 yards and a score. David Manigo, three catches, 55 yards. Jamari Gassett, two for 38. Jamari A. Shereed, only three for five. That's kind of low. Uh, Kelvin Dean, one reception, but it went negative six yards. And so that was the receiving core. On the defensive side of the ball, and and we were trying to see if we could get Lovey Jenkins on the show, but I know Lovey was on the Willie Simmons live show, uh, apparently. Uh, He had a great day. Um, Nine total tackles, two tackles for loss, one sack, and a forced fumble uh, to lead the team in total tackles. Uh, He had five of those solo. Uh, Isaiah Major had eight tackles. Uh, half a tackle for loss, a breakup, and two quarterback hurries. Kendall Bowler, eight tackles, four pass breakups. Uh, that that you know what? Speaking of Kendall Bowler, that's the that's the second or third game where I think he's had multiple pass breakups. Um, I don't know if you've noticed that. I don't. I don't. You know, just to kind of yeah,
1: I, I have, and he he is a more more active, but also, I have to say, I think he's the one that get tested the most they throw so throw, throw his way more than the other side
0: yeah yeah probably so um i'm trying to just glance down at javen morgan uh five total tackles one tackle for loss one sack and an interception and a quarterback hurry so uh good day for uh javen um i think uh coach said in total we had let's see I'm looking at the total tackles for loss Two, three, four, five, six, eight, ten, eleven 11 tackles for loss in that in that ball game. so 11 tackles for loss, three, four, five and a half sacks nope six sacks in the ball game six sacks in the ball game. I have that right, yeah. Six sacks, yeah. I did that right. Uh, Quincy Casey was sacked five times, so uh, really good jobs. Oh, special teams. Last thing about special teams, how about Trey Wilhoy? Give Trey Wilhoy some props, people. Five punts, averaging 47.4. Uh, the longest was a 62 yarder. He put one inside the 20, had two touchbacks, and two of his punts went over 50 yards. So, props to Trey Wilhoy had a great day i don't know did you see normally the swag puts out their players of the week have you seen that yet did anybody from fam get any recognition
1: no nobody no nobody for the Rattlers got any
0: they did come out though yes yeah okay so nobody uh yeah uh hollows asking how many hurt any injuries that you saw in this ball game with Kizikans free shoes motion sounds something like this
1: I'm trying to think. Um, I, I won't say somebody went out, but I don't. I can't. I can't recall who it was. Okay. Right now, uh, but overall, he, I. I don't yeah, think, was did, going with, uh, Yeah, yeah, he did Cardano. go out. Not, no, uh, uh, who's fifty-eight? Uh, the the defensive in done.
0: Okay, done, done. Okay, yeah, done. Uh, he did go out. Okay.
1: Yeah. And uh, I, yeah, I haven't heard. I haven't heard a update on that yet just as to. I didn't catch Coach Simmons. I don't know if he spoke to about it, but I haven't heard anything.
0: Uh, Kenya notes that Graves went out as well. So, yeah, appreciate you guys in the in the chat room for jumping in on that. So, and and one of the things that Coach didn't have his normal. Uh, I don't know. He, I can't tell whether I, I got a cancellation notice. I know that I know the coach had his SWAT press conference with the SWAT football coaches. And, but he normally does one at 10 in the morning. I, I got a notice that it was canceled, but then I saw, uh, Gerald, uh, retweeting some things, but I don't know whether Gerald was retweeting from the football, uh, from the swag median thing, I, so I, I don't know what happened. I have to go back and look at Rattlers Plus to see whether Coach did actually have. Um, uh, I'm starring a couple notes here from from you guys in the chat because we're going to go through those in a second. All right, let me talk broadcast here, uh, <laughs> because you, Kelvin, obviously, like I said, you didn't have to suffer through what those of us who were not at the game had to suffer through. <laughs> which was let's just say very spotty, very spotty internet service. Um, I had heard that Alabama A&M has had issues with their internet before or maybe it's just their the connectivity at that stadium, right I I've I've heard this from other people like it should be fit better outfit better or, or the, this everything should be better there. And, and, you know, the, the sad part is because we don't, because most people and, and you as a fan, <laughs> most fans, they're watching the game, right? <laughs> yes. Some internet, some great comments. I mean, the <laughs> people thought the game, uh, <laughs> Kenya said we're watching electric football. I don't look the first thing, Kenya, I don't understand what was up with that frame. I don't understand why they had a. Fr- now, the only thing I can think of of why they had that X and O frame around the broadcast is because they were pushing out a signal that wasn't 1080. And to compensate, they said, oh, we'll, we'll stick a frame around it so that way it, we can keep it at 720 at a certain size. Because if we enlarge the frame to take up the full screen, it's going to degrade the picture even worse than what it was. That's the only thing I can think of because when we flipped over and we're watching some of the uh, the Alcorn game, of course the Allcorn game was full screen. You had no frame. So I don't understand the whole X and O frame. The broadcasters were on remote. They weren't live on location. I don't know if you peeped that, Kelvin. Uh, Centoria Black and whoever else was doing the color, they were off site. They were doing uh a remote. Um here and so I did a little digging and I and I found out uh, there was very little communication from the production company with Alabama AM communications. You know, and usually the production company will make the effort to get to the site the day before the game, test out a lot of things, do a lot of checks and things of that nature. That never happened that particular production crew actually had to do a football game, a high school football game on Friday night, not uncommon, but the fact that, you know, they weren't there the day before to do their normal test. Um, I'm told that uh, when they first set up, there were very little issues, you know, that could have been in the morning when there was nobody on campus and then of course as what what happens when people start coming in and cell signals and other stuff start getting interfered with uh they start having Remember I
1: told you? Remember I told you they had a bunch of high school students and a high school bands there so you know all those kids are on their phones so uh-huh. yeah you better have some bandwidth and, and some extra cell towers
0: yeah so and here's what, if, if the site doesn't have proper hardline wired connections, like we even have places at FAMU where there's not good connectivity. Uh, For example, at some of our ballparks, baseball, softball field. And that's why you don't see those games streamed because you'd have to bring in an extra tower. You'd have to bring in essentially, which is a huge hotspot to be able to, push a signal out which is why you see a production truck in a lot of cases i don't know if that was necessarily done for this game um and and so the disappointing part is uh, you, you want better uh because yes it's espn really is just the vehicle in which this game was being broadcast on espn really didn't have anything to do with this um other production. than saying that, yeah. hey, we're 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 not really doing the production. We're we'll supply the on-air talent, but we're not handling the production. Um, HBCU Go, for example, they probably have. I know that they pretty much have two trucks because that's why they're only in two locations. You only HBCU Go will only have two games one in a day. Why? Because they got two trucks. That's it. There's, they don't have
1: self. They're, they're turnkey operations. Yes. Right. Yes.
0: Uh. Right, you know, and so if you've ever noticed on the east side, if you ever at Bragg, come by and see the big production truck that'll be out there. Um, Yeah, there should be no excuses. You know, I see that. No excuses. This is college football, but understand something. Um, It it starts at – I think it starts at the school level. Uh, Absolutely. The school and the conference – And I don't know how much of this is really the conference. I don't want to put this on a conference. I really think it starts with the school and their infrastructure. But if they need help, they should be able to, I don't know, contact the conference for some extra cash.
1: I I don't know. I I, I would tell you, um, ever since the COVID started and things went remote, that a lot of things that happen in terms of if it's not only ESPNU or the main platforms or HBCU Go, where they bring in a production team as well as, you know, the trucks and the equipment, then it totally depends on the environment that the whole school has and the yep. staff. And I, I would tell you, people, we are understaffed at HBCU's as well as a lot of the, lot of us still don't have all the latest and greatest equipment um, in terms to put on a quality broadcast. That's why you see inconsistency from school to school, depending where the game is played out, if it's on Plus, because there are some very bad <laughs> video on Plus. Um, but, but a lot of that has to do with the, the schools a lot of times and, and the staffs and the equipment that they have.
0: And that's a great point. Uh, those of you who have ESPN plus bump around on ESPN plus. I know you see a lot of these other schools that are on. Uh, if you just spend 15, 20 minutes and just bump around on some of those other broadcasts, you understand what we're talking about because they aren't all. Uh, they aren't all equal. <laughs> they are not all the same. And you will see some stuff that will shake your head. You'll be like, wow, really? And, and You know, everybody's everybody's trying. Uh, there's production companies all over the place. But, again, we aren't the ACC network, the SEC network. And I hate to compare, but a lot of us look at things from that perspective. And I get it. We should want that. We we should. We should want that. You know, I, I'm –
1: It's Yeah, it we, to, we deserve it. The fans yes. deserve it. The, the student athletes deserve it. I mean – we deserve it, but it, it, you know, doing live productions is a costly endeavor to do it right, to do it quality.
0: Right. And, and so, um, so, you know, great question here. If ESPN has rights to these games, why is it not negotiated to bring these schools up to par? Um, I, I, They're trying I to can't. get rid
1: of these streaming servers,
0: <laughs> no, no, actually quite the opposite. They, they're really wanting to push I'm talking
1: more. about ESPN.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, look, I, <laughs> I a lot of these negotiations and a lot of these things were done probably yeah. a few years before streaming became really, really popular post-COVID. So I think what you're going to start seeing
1: Right. And the is, technology became better.
0: Yeah, the technology is going to get better, but there's going to have Yeah, you, you do have to be able to supply your whole own headline feature. Uh, this weekend, Florida A&M is hosting or going to be broadcasting their game on Rattlers Plus. I, I can't tell you what that's going to look like, you know, um, well, well, what, I, what levels, I can
1: tell you. Yeah. 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 I was just going to say no what way. I can tell you is that that Vaughn when he was there uh fam you was one of the first schools to do streaming uh with the uh espn platform in-house and we were one of the flagships they always wanted us to do um they wanted to pick up ours because we did it at a level that was better than most of the hbcus now we did have students running that but we did have an investment from the university in terms of the foundation and, and journalism in terms of quality equipment also and I will oh, say geez. that the Mi I will say that the Mi also provided uh some things it, we had paid for it but you know they provided some things also to try to make the quality of uh those uh streaming platforms better so and we had Vaughn Wilson. We we had somebody
0: yes. and I, I say you, you don't understand the importance of having somebody who knows what the F they are doing uh and yeah. understands A understands broadcast but understands the the industry and what is going on. I mean, that's a huge advantage. So uh having him being able to put that infrastructure in place. And being able to tell, and and for FAMU to actually listen to him, because I will tell you from experience, we've had people who told FAMU, you need X, Y, and Z, and FAMU didn't listen. So, eventually, when Vaughn said it, whether it be because they'd heard it two or three other times, or because it was Vaughn Wilson, or whatever the reason, that time they actually listened, and things started to improve, so... Now you see, you know, I I always smile when I'm in the press box and I look over to the right and I see, you know, and I see Jeff with that in that production room. Uh (laughs) and and he's and he's shouting directions to his team left and right, man. I tell you, super producer. I just smile because I know that room would have never existed uh five, ten years ago when it when it when it should have, when it could have, that room would have never existed. And so when you guys see those videos. Up on the screen, uh, you know, uh, just just know it, it's a it a lot of work and a lot of years went into to pushing that uh, out. Uh, Edwin Moore, great comment here uh, that the commissioner Charles McClellan has charged all the schools to reach a minimum level for broadcasting. Um, and and yeah, that. But but I will say this though, Edwin. One thing that I don't think happens and we're just getting to a place where we can maybe feel comfortable traveling and all being in the same location is there's got to be workshops in the off season for this, you know, at the same time that SIDs come together and and chat your communications people, and maybe even a broadcast liaison, they got to come together. That, That doesn't happen enough. I don't think where this entity and that entity comes together and say, Hey, let's get on the same page in one location. I know you can, we can do everything by zoom these days, but but still sometimes it's good to be in the same room and trade ideas with a person, go to lunch, be able to, even if it's a 48 hour period, that's important. And so if, like you guys point out, if if the commissioner has charged all these schools uh, with upgrading, then there's gotta be an effort to, to whether it's hosting it at the SWAC offices or somewhere else, uh, that that's got to happen uh, as keep,
1: well. Keep keep in mind one 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 last point on this, and then we can move yeah. on. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if the position was vacant or someone left. What have but remember that they just got a person in place over the communications teams and athletics good former former rattler and i know what he's he doing yes. anyway A former employee uh brian uh so yeah. so you, so he, that, he's have, on he's on he's only been in there like three or four weeks but but yeah he. i'm sure i know he'll get it you know tighten up
0: oh i for sure i mean he's done he did amazing work brian FAMU. howard
1: brian howard yeah. yep
0: did great work at famu uh i believe that was under uh well you were with him um yeah uh previously uh and then he went over to, uh, Norfolk. to Norfolk. Yeah, he went to Norfolk State, and that's where he had been. And then, but but you notice Dr. Paul Bryant bringing together that old Grambling team uh, that he had. You know, you notice what he's you notice he's bringing. There's a couple other people that have been. Uh, it's a nice keep an eye on Alabama A and M. They they're going they're coming up, and they, he's he's putting together a a good staff of people. Um, over there uh let's go to some questions kelvin uh here we go tony tony's got a question kelvin now that the Swack east is sealed who do you think that one loss was going to be two in the beginning of the season you said there was going to be one loss in the Swack.
1: he talking about I i'm think- assuming you talking about fam you yeah, I think
0: so because the, the yeah. you
1: thought Yeah, yeah, in terms of us, obviously, I, we are going undefeated. Which is which is a good well well, you know, we we still got but that little, a little game there. You, but. Had a,
0: you had a 7 and 1, I believe, right?
1: Cuz cuz we always see. but I said it wouldn't be Jackson State. The okay, game okay. and the game I, and, and Brian, you know this and everybody watch the show. The game I always pointed to was this game we just won. Yes. I thought this was I knew we'll show up against Southern. I never worry about playing against teams that you know are traditional rivals and who have our respect and you know we know we got to come to play. Our team is show up for those games. But this 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 uh Alabama AM game was one that I thought you remember my bold prediction was that we were gonna score 50. And the reason yeah. why I made that bold prediction because I was like, Well, they're gonna put up some points, so we're gonna have to put up some points. Mm-hmm. So I understood that. And, um, you know, we we had 42 points with about 13 minutes left uh, in the game. So, you know, we were close, and they did put up some points. But uh, the game that I thought that, that we had a chance of losing was the Alabama AM and game. We got by it. So, uh, great. I'm happy as a, as a lamb that I was wrong. <laughs> yeah, I am too. Now we just got to – Finish
0: off, finish off, uh finish it off and uh, beat the crap out of the cats. Uh Somebody asked me earlier about that. And I told, I, I told them we got, we got a decade of pain from Bethune-Cookman. We we have, we haven't even begun. They haven't even begun to feel the pain that Coach Simmons and this team should continue to get ass because it, a decade is a long time. That's a decade plus the COVID year. Yeah. We, Bethune's got some pain coming to them, um, and I don't want us to let up at all uh, when we get to that game in the Classic. Uh, Tamara T. with a question. Do you think Coach kept the game pretty vanilla intentionally, doing nothing new to keep the next teams on the schedule from scouting us?
1: No, we got uh, Lincoln. I think it's got all they want to. (laughs) We're going to name the (laughs) score without that one. And um uh, Bethune is a rivalry game, so I'm not gonna be too disrespectful, but at the end of the day, they've they've got one division one win. So I'm not anticipating you know, too too competitive of a game with that one either. So no, he was a he wasn't playing coy. I think that uh Alabama and M has a has the capability of putting up points, they were number one in this swag in terms of Points per game, 31.8 going into it, so they, they can put up some points. And, and I, and of course, our, our team, just inconsistency. We play in spurts, and that's what happened.
0: All right. Uh, let me jump over to uh, – appreciate that, Tamara. Uh, let me jump over to uh, EA, uh, who's happy with the win. However, I'm seeing something with the defense that has concerned me since the USF game. That will be a major issue with North Carolina Central, and I will tell you this: EA. Let's not look. Let's not look that far ahead. Let's deal with the swag because uh, if things keep, going, I don't see that.
1: Going. I don't see that, Brian. I hear people saying that. I, I mean, I watch Central. I mean, yeah, they jumped out on Norfolk, who is Norfolk. And uh, but they and gave up, end up giving up. They still end up getting what it was 38 24 final. I watched them against um, some other me at schools. Uh, they really should have lost against uh, a mediocre at best. Um, um, uh, what's the team in Carolina that that uh, they, they beat? They had to come back and win in overtime. Oh, central uh, has, uh, I, I, I believe, in. Campbell. Campbell, yes, I believe in central quarterback. I believe in their coach. I believe in a team, but I do not believe Central is better than FAMU, not as a whole. And, no. Just, no. and, and just as it, just like now, I do believe it could be a shootout <laughs> to a certain point. You know, you you know you're not going to make a living making big plays on our defense the entire time, but he's going to make his share of plays. I mean, they're a great team. They're defending champions, but you know. They say we're gonna be in trouble. We're gonna be the best offense that Central has faced this season, Without it, outside so. of the, outside of the Division One game.
0: I, I think we'll be so, the best defense they'll face too. I, I think I agree. At, I agree. Uh, looking at who they have left, I I think we'll be the best yeah. defense that they'll face too. Uh,
1: so, so I, you know, I, you know, I ain't giving no brownie points for for last year's team and all that. I think they can be a formidable the foe. They they absolutely can beat us now. I'm not. You know what I'm saying, but but just projecting right now where both teams are, two good teams. Yeah.
0: Uh, the discipline issues. I you know Kelvin, I I don't know. I I maybe I'll for Wednesday show. I'll go back and look at how many games that we've had this year of ten plus. Um. You know, thankfully, we're not turning the ball over to match these discipline penalty issues that we're having. Um, and yeah, I guess, I guess, I guess it's time. I, you know, at some point, I always wonder: Are we we're over analyzing ourselves? Like, I because I've never really, really studied other teams who are contenders. Like, I, I'm not looking at Alcorn. I'm not looking at North Carolina Central uh, to look at their. I, I know, for example, I can say Bethune Cookman is one of the least penalized teams in the SWAT. So, come that game. that
1: because they, that because they ain't doing nothing. <laughs> they least penalized because they ain't making no plays. <laughs>
0: well said. Well said. <laughs> yeah. Um, wow. Wow. Um, <laughs> that's a good one. With the uh, sweats asking, when will we know about the SWAG Championship tickets and prices? Uh, on on yesterday's sports wrap, I had on Charles Edmond, of course, All Corner State Sports, and he's very familiar with the process, and uh, I know it was a lengthy show last night, but if you get to maybe the last, if you get to the second hour, one, two, third hour, get to hour three, uh, if you want to go back and watch the BCSN sports wrap with Charles, we talked about the SWAT process and um, I'm working to try to get Dr. McClellan on our show. So maybe on Wednesday, we'll get lucky and get Dr. McClellan. I know if you, if you saw the tweet from VP Sykes, I know she said this week, they're working with the SWAT to kind of figure out the game plan, but understand that this is a, this is a conference run event right. with the conjunction of Florida a and Right. So, uh, there's a there's a strong case that Bragg stadium might be 60-40 famu to to guest whether it's all corn preview or whomever else it might even be 50-50 i that's i think that's something that we have to find out so both bands will be in attendance um so it, the kind of questions that you have is when tickets will go on sale parking will also be something that'll be interesting there's an opportunity for FAMU to earn money from parking as well. Um, Charles indicated that, and this was based off, you know, the two years that it was Alcorn-Lorman hosting, made about a million dollars from the SWAT championship game. That's the one positive, is that you'll make about a million dollars from the, from the gate parking and everything that goes into – uh
1: this game i want to see them books man because <laughs> i know there's some expenses and if if like for instance when teams have homecoming they're not making that they're they not netting that or they ain't even grossing that so to say unless there's they're getting tv money and some other Good. stuff to supplement along with the tickets and parking then then then, then, I, then I can see it I just would like to know that's why i i you know I've been lobbying I hope we can get uh the commissioner on here to kind of just clear up some of that that type of stuff
0: yeah i, I it'll be good to kind of find that out but i but I think some of the things that you'll have to think about here is what because we've never seen bragg look like like i'm just gonna imagine here the east side right imagine looking over in the east side and seeing from Section, what's that in the far left? What section is that? Is that P or Q? That's far to the left. I know O is where you guys, no, where do you guys normally sit? Section O in the middle?
1: Yeah, it's O now. It used to be P. So
0: to the left is probably P or Q. But imagine. Yeah,
1: where the band is. Okay, but, but
0: imagine in this SWAT championship game, if this is split differently, imagine if the hundred is actually to the, to the right on the home side, right near the, uh, near the field house. Right. And imagine the Prairie view band being in that far left corner. Imagine what this stadium would look like where three quarters of the East side is purple and gold because the visitors would be over on that side behind their bench. I mean, the visuals of what we're going to see from the SWAC championship game are going to be unlike we've ever seen at Bragg. Um, And I think you got to get ready for that, Rattler Nation, because uh, that's what's going to come with hosting a SWAC championship game. It's not going to be like a normal uh,
1: road You're you're absolutely right, but what I'm willing to bet is that they're not going to mess with the students' side of that s- section. It's on the other side where the general admission and so forth. Where they'll they'll probably, which really is not a big deal, because um, it's mostly general admission anyway. But I would imagine from section O, where we typically sit, to the north end zone side, that that will probably. Be the visitor size instead of the J, the typical J section, and the um and the uh what J and I, I think the J, uh, on the west side. If I had to imagine, if they're looking at the optics and the whole production, then yeah, it makes sense to have you know the you know Alcorn fans or whoever uh, makes the game behind their 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 bench. As well as their band, but I, that'll be interesting if they ch- choose to do something with the uh with the game day atmosphere at Famu. Remember, the commission's been down here at least twice this season, yeah, at least. Twice, and so, yeah. I, I'm I'm really interested to see how, how 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 that is negotiated.
0: Um, as well, you season ticket holders, will you get the first choice on tickets and parking? Uh, that's
1: you know, don't you, know. You, I, I I would I would assume so, but again, this is a swag event first. And,
0: and so again, with that said, think about the allotment. So, you know, you got to think with the allotment. We see the stadium seats twenty two, twenty one. Let's just say they give ten thousand to fam and ten thousand to the visitors. Or, or I'll, I'll go one better since fam is hosting. Let's say they go twelve and eight. Okay. 12 FAMU gets 12,000 tickets, the visitors get 8,000. And then if you don't sell your 8,000, it goes into the general admission by a certain time, right? I'm just, I'm purely speculating, right? I don't, that's why we're trying to find these questions out. Of the 12,000, you know, will season ticket holders get first right of refusal? Season ticket holders, you, will you be in your seats that you normally are? Maybe not. You, you know, again, this is a conference event. This is not a home game for FAMU. So there's a lot of things that you have to swallow and be prepared for um, in this scenario. So it'll be interesting to kind of hear what that's going to look like. And, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> yeah, see, 50, 50 would be horrible. <laughs> Let's see, I'm telling you, y'all, that rattling nation, y'all better be ready for this. This is gonna be, this is gonna be a different experience uh, than anything that we have had in Bragg Stadium.
1: Well, and, 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 and let me just throw another scenario out there. And I know we get into this uh, later uh, to close the show, but who says corners is gonna be the team? Oh. You got two games this this weekend. that are going to kind of determine who's the real front runner or not.
0: Um yes, you do. Uh spe- speaking it of could, that. It,
1: yeah, go ahead.
0: Uh speak speaking of that, uh from from the weekend, of course, the the big showdown was Allcorn and Southern and and Allcorn just boat raced Southern. Uh, 24 to 7 in the first quarter, 44 to 21 was the final score. Turnover puts them, puts them in sole was, possession, of first place. Turnovers, and, yeah. And, and this that, I mean, I mean,
1: it was like three turnovers in a row. Oh, so, yeah. so <laughs> okay, give some credit to Al- Alcorn, but if you go back and watch that game, um. Uh, it was as much as some credit goes to on A lot of when the credit went to Southern for for imploding and, and some on un- force mistakes or errors that kind of put the game out of reach early, because that was the difference in the game. Really, those three turnovers back to back, it went from seven yeah. three Southern to to like thirty one three in like a ten minute time frame.
0: Right. Um. That is why I said what I said about I don't trust Southern. And I, I said it, um, you know, and I, and I stand on that. I don't trust them. And don't now – Don't trust the West. Don't trust the West. Alcorn State happens to be the, the – Now, Alcorn State has won five in a row. They've won six of their last seven. And that one loss was at the end of the game on a field goal, a walk-off field goal by Prairie View. Okay?
1: But they barely uh, won a lot of those games.
0: Yeah, yeah, I know they had to the I, I think
1: the I do, do you know they what they to... re- have you looked at the rest of their schedule out of all the contending teams I, I I would say they have the toughest schedule remaining. Uh, they got no. They... no, because yeah, it can be
0: it can be over this weekend. They, they got to be over beat Jackson
1: weekend. state. No, it no can It can be can't. over
0: this weekend. Yes it can. Yes it can because look uh Charles talked about this last night. If the unthinkable happens which Southern somehow finds their kahunas and takes out Prairie View, and uh, Alcorn beats Texas Southern, that's it. Alcorn wins because they have the tiebreaker.
1: Hey, did you listen to me? You don't don't listen to me. I said, number one, don't trust the West. (laughs) Now, but but, but I'm going to drive a point home. Okay. What was the scenario? Who the hell did Alcorn have to beat last year? Oh, the yes. West.
0: Yeah, I forgot i forgot about that. Yes. Don't
1: <laughs> trust the west. I'm trying I'm just trying to help you.
0: Well, well, look. <laughs> <laughs> yes, okay. But uh, still, I'm I'm going to say it because it could happen. Uh and it, yeah. it very well probably won't. Now that, that we're talking about it so much and so many people <laughs> are going to be talking about it, it won't happen. But Southern will somehow find themselves and they'll they'll steal they'll steal a win from Prairie View somehow. Um no no I'm sorry, Prairie View will actually win because that's what'll keep the game going into the final week. So again, just to clarify, if Prairie View beats Southern, that means the final week of the season will be all about Alcorn versus Jackson State and Prairie View versus Alabama State. That's not gonna be an easy one. And essentially, the winner if uh, Allcorn basically needs help. Uh, I, I they they really they really need. That's why I said they they don't want it to go to the last week of the season. So they're kind of rooting for Southern, even though they just beat the snot out of Southern. They're rooting for Southern this week, but I don't. You can't trust Southern. So just assume uh, while while we're watching the Florida Classic, it'll be just like last year. How we're watching the Florida Chaos. Classic, yes. Everybody who,
1: everybody, who needed to win outside of Southern, Southern was like fourth in the tiebreaker scenario, yes. And everybody lost, yes. all Allcorn lost, of Prairie View lost. I mean, and, and they lost like Valley and Pine Bluff, and it was just crazy. Yeah, <laughs> Tesla so Southern in,
0: lost. Yeah, don't 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 pencil in. Uh, well, actually, no. Use a pencil don't don't use pen on allcorn use a pencil if you all think allcorn is coming to tallahassee on december 2nd because that could very cha- very quickly change uh over these last two weeks uh Prairie View takes on southern and alabama state uh mary mary i'm i'm still thinking allcorn's going to come out of the west I mean,
1: I, that that's my that's my today But I ain't I ain't confident in it now. I I truly believe, and here's what I'm saying. If you watch how Alcorn has played, and even if you watch how the Southern game went, yeah, they won by a lot, but if you watch the game, you understood it was as much about Southern poor play as it was about Alcorn taking advantage of the mistakes. And and Texas Southern is one of those teams, if you don't put them away. They got just enough, and and they're gonna be at home where they where they can beat. You know they they can keep the game close, and 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 they can find a way to to win. So, um, you know I'm, yeah. I'm gonna go I'm gonna go with Southern, but I think Purview got the best shot. I mean I'm going I'm sorry I'm going all corn right, right now, but I, I actually think because of scheduling Purview might have the best shot because they own it. Head to head with most of the teams they're competing with.
0: I just look over at that Prairie View record: four and five overall, four and two in conference play. It's uh, ugly. I mean, and then you see allcorns Yeah, but they overall. they
1: only lost one. They only lost one team on the West, though. I know. <clears throat> I know. <laughs> I, and, I agree and, with you. And, and so, I wouldn't and, want to see that rate. I wouldn't technically want to see that rematch in the championship game. But I'm just <laughs> saying, they're sitting right there.
0: Right. And, and then, of course, right here, great point, Hollow. Uh, Texas Southern beat Alcorn last year. So, uh, and and Texas Southern, like I said, came within a two-point conversion of tying it. They pushed Jackson State. They would not let Jackson State get comfortable. And so...
1: Should have beat... And they, they should have beat uh, Southern.
0: Could have beat Southern. Yeah, at, at Southern. so... Yeah. yeah. Um. It'll be interesting. Somebody. Somebody's gonna get upset. Somebody's gonna get knocked off. Um. The. Yeah. And then of course. Yeah. I don't. I don't think Grambling's two games out of it. I. I don't. It would take a miracle. Uh. To somehow see Grambling end up in this thing. I. I mean. You're looking at a doomsday scenario in which everybody in front of them would have to lose, and then somehow it came down to. The Bayou Classic. I mean, that would be like ridiculous if it somehow came to the Bayou Classic. But I, we'll know after this week. We'll we'll have a clear yeah. picture after yes. the Southern Preview
1: game. It, it'd be down to two teams after this weekend, more than likely.
0: Yes, or or it could be over. One of the two. One of the two. Yeah. yeah. Um, the last little note I think is worth mentioning, Kelvin if you would allow me here. And then of course, just want to remind everybody Wednesday show eight o'clock Eastern. We got a lot to talk about on Wednesday show. We'll talk about uh, volleyball, which got us a pair of sweeps over the weekend. What does that mean for them? Basketball is tomorrow night. The season tip off for the women who are in Knoxville, Tennessee. The men are in Creighton or at Creighton in Nebraska. Uh, I'm gonna be watching the women's game, to be honest. I, I want to. I think Coach Gordon going home to where she cut her teeth and became the legend that she uh, is was became. That's gonna. That's must see tea. I don't know. Maybe I gotta get two. I gotta get two screens going somehow. I gotta find a way to get two screens going. So we all need to be watching uh, our, our men and women tomorrow. I'm still waiting to find out. Somebody call the FAMU ticket office tomorrow. Find out if those tickets are on sale for the uh, the the SWAT, double head, the SWAT Pac-12 doubleheader because I was told last week that they should be on sale today. I don't know if they were. So I'm going to encourage all of you to call the FAMU ticket office. Uh, you can find the, the the phone number on the Athletics website. But give them a call. Find out if those tickets are available, and if not, find out when they will be. Ask the question. If enough people call and ask the question, uh, and then yeah, also, as Mister Figure said, when will those tickets for the Slack Championship go on sale? I I got a feeling you're gonna to have to wait. I'm gonna guess another week or two. I I'm
1: gonna guess yeah. Another week. I, at earliest, yeah. At at, at earliest, probably at earliest Friday. I would think, next, next but Friday, more think. more likely, more likely next week. No, nah, yes, yeah,
0: yeah. Um. So yeah, let let's let's kind of, but but trust me, we will. If if we're we're searching, uh, I may be able to find out some some information from what has been done at other schools. Just, but but again, none of that'll be official. So I'll check back on Wednesday show. Uh, we're, we're out there searching, trying to get some info. Uh, so all of that will come up on Wednesday show. We'll talk about, I mean, there's not much to really talk about with our next opponent, but we'll mention, we'll talk about it. We'll probably talk more <laughs> hoops. We'll talk more hoops than anything, or maybe volleyball. It'll be evenly split we, we, show.
1: We, and, and probably senior day stuff, right? We're yeah, exactly. Senior. senior
0: day. Yeah, we yeah. got to make sure, and, and I'm trying to, I reached out to Coach uh, Latroy to find out who all are the seniors. So hopefully tomorrow I'll know. So maybe I can put together some graphics and find out who exactly are the seniors that are going to be recognized on Saturday. I'd like to be able to put some graphics together. Uh, Last thing I want to leave you with, Kelvin. How'd you like the announcement that homecoming 2024, that the date has already been announced? What are your thoughts on that?
1: Well, I'm glad. I mean, you got a whole year to plan for it now. So, you know, that that, that that you know that next year's a twelve game season. We already know all of all of our opponents and where we're gonna play them at. So you I know, thought we still
0: had an open game. I thought we still had a, a twelfth game open.
1: Not for next year. Our out of conference full out of conference games are the the the, the, the Miat Sweat challenge against Norfolk and South Carolina State at home. And then we have the two division one schools.
0: Okay. It's 2025 that we have a yeah. uh, okay
1: open yeah
0: and and with the with the changeover in the athletic administration at South Carolina State was that is that contract is, is that in pencil or is it already is it in pen has it been sealed in blood
1: well because they announced it I'm assuming is 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 printed I mean I mean it's signed but you we, never we know, know. We, we we know that doesn't really <laughs> mean anything and
0: just because they announced it hell yeah people announce stuff all the time and then, you know, it goes away somehow. Um, Yeah. So, but anyway, um, we'll, we'll keep a, we'll keep a, we'll keep an eye out. So, but, but yeah, no, I, I think it is a good thing. I've seen some initial comments by some folks kind of dumping on the idea as if, as if Tallahassee, you know, as, as if it was some big secret that, Oh, you know they're gonna price gouge and they're gonna look. They've been price gouging our ass and everybody's ass for a long time. So, nothing new.
1: Yeah, you guys. Act, yeah, you guys
0: act and like,
1: and, 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 and at it, just like anywhere else. When big events happen and you got limited inventory, it's supply and demand. And so, but what I will tell folks, you know, is that what they they they've gotten smart smart because they do it every year. So the prices you're seeing now ain't necessary because we announced homecoming. I want people to, I want to make sure I get, get this point across. The price of what you see now is because what they do is they block off from like August to December early so that the well. inventory is not uh, already depleted before they set the price. Yeah. So, so yeah, if you see rooms out there, you're going to see some ridiculous price because, because they already got a pre-programmer set up so that you can't, Nobody's willing if you if you willing to pay five hundred thousand <laughs> dollars a night, then, they'll take your money. But but that ain't gonna be the price at the end of the day. They just you know they they wait you know closer to the season start before they really open up the inventory. That's and that's a method that they use in order to keep people from booking up the the rooms early.
0: And if I was a if I was a hotel owner, I'd do the same thing. I I would get smart about that too, and just book every Saturday. I'd book up every weekend, like you said, during the football season, and then wait to see what the schedules are and what happens, and then figure out what to what to open up and release and all that other stuff. Um, yeah. But you know that's uh, so. Let's let's not uh, let's not put that all on. The city, there are other methods. And I will say this, those of you who are looking for hotels for SWAC championship weekend, there are other means. There are other ways. I've seen some great deals in other places. And I didn't have to go look out of state, which is a suggestion that somebody gave me was that hey, start looking in Georgia up in Thomasville, which you could do that. But there are other, I, I've seen some things some places in Tallahassee. I'm like, oh, I need to hold, you know, if I had a – anyway, you guys hit that cash app, and then that way I can afford to come up to, to Tallahassee and spend a couple days in Tallahassee and don't have to drive back <laughs> after the game. Uh, we can do some real post-game stuff, some pre-game stuff. Uh, that's going to be interesting, Kelvin, to see what the media room looks like. I don't know where they're going to put all the media people. I, I just – I Well, I, for the championship game? I, I have no idea where everyone's going to go.
1: Yeah, that's no a good idea. question. I, I, <laughs> that is a good question. I probably if I had to guess on the well, I guess the TV camera would take up one of those spots, but I know they probably have to put some tables on the deck there on both sides.
0: You mean where the DJ is on one side and yeah, else? So you, you mean they might have to move the DJ somewhere else, huh? That'll be interesting.
1: Maybe. Maybe.
0: I that that logistically is I think that is a more inter for me. That is a more fascinating decision than to see where they put the bands in the crowd. Where are you gonna put all these media people who are gonna to want to come to the swag championship game and fit in a 20 by 20 room? Anyway, uh first world problems, right? Uh so we'll <laughs> we'll figure that one out later. Um all right, that's gonna do it for tonight's. Uh, Alabama AM Reaction Show. Appreciate you guys coming in, chatting with us for a little bit of time. Uh, don't forget Wednesday night show, 8 o'clock Eastern, 7 Central. Tell a friend in advance. Uh, you do us a solid if you uh, share the show, however you're watching it, on YouTube, on Facebook. Uh, go download the BCSN Pod Zone on the uh, wherever you listen to podcasts, and that's where this show will be probably in about 24 hours, so you can always reshare it there. Uh, You can scan that QR code, or you can hit us up on the Cash app there. We appreciate your support uh, of the ONG Strike Zone right here on the Black College Sports Network. Uh, Thank you to each and every one of you. Um, Kelvin, uh, well, we say hey to Marcus because I know Marcus is not here with us, but he's watching, I'm sure, and uh, he'll be on with us uh, Wednesday. Uh, make sure you're following uh, uh, our girl, Liv. Make sure you're following Liv for Hoops. Uh, Liv Antilla, Olivia Antilla. Uh, she's talking. I know she'll be talking. Uh, probably a great tweet follow on X. Uh, I know she'll probably be uh, tweeting during the game tomorrow. I know she'll be watching the women's game. But uh, get two screens set up for tomorrow night so you can watch the men and the women play. Both of them will be on ESPN+. Plus. So it'll be a great opportunity to support uh, both programs, hopefully our teams made it to their locations safely and uh, just pray for a great start to the season. Uh, I, I feel I feel really good about the basketball season, Kelvin. I Probably a lot better than I felt this time last year. I don't know what that means. I,
1: I agree with you. I still got to see it, you know. Sure, but, you sure. know, la- last year, you know, was such a challenging year that yes, we, yes. as far as I'm concerned, we, we got no place to go but up. <laughs> hey, and, and the best line that Liv said, hey,
0: we only won six games last year. So, hell, if we get to eight this year, it's a positive. I said, oh, God, eight, that's what we're shooting for? <laughs> Jesus. But that's the truth. That's the truth. It was that, so bad. That, they had nowhere yeah. to go but up. Yeah. So, all right, that's going to do it for tonight. Thank you, everybody, for watching and coming in with us. Uh, for Kelvin Rozier, I'm Brian Fulford. Rattler Nation, have a great rest of your week. We'll see you on Wednesday night. Right here, 8 o'clock Eastern, 7 Central on the Black College Sports Network. Peace out.